All right, hello everybody, this is Matt Ryan, and I am gonna do a little something different today on this here podcast. I, uh, I typically do all roads lead to real estate, and I just interview or talk to pretty much anybody um, in my life, whether they're a client, friend, family, whoever, that I think is pretty interesting, and, and we kind of find and meander back to, to good old real estate. But today I decided to, to go more directly at the subject matter and kind of focus this specifically on other realtors and folks that I, you know, talk to on a regular basis. I have some of them that are now listening. So thank you. Shout out for those that are listening and that are uh, actually realtors in the community. Um, This is really geared to you. And so I want to do an ongoing series in addition to what I've been doing that is really geared towards uh, a professional that, that wants to learn something, that wants to grow, that wants to to um, understand uh, my point of view and hopefully I've built up a little credibility over the years. I know a few things um, and I'm just a student of real estate. I've been interested in, in, in this for as long as I can possibly remember. I've taken every course. I've been to pretty much every seminar. I've flown all over the country to, to listen to some of the greats. I've had professional coaching, uh, one-on-one coaching, and I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaches over my career. And so I have, uh, you know, it's just the pursuit of knowledge. And so that's kind of the background as to as to where I might have some credibility here. And and so I want to gear this to to you. So if you're in real estate or you aspire to uh, to join and become a realtor, uh, this hopefully can add some value to you. And and uh, so maybe not quite as much for those that have no interest in learning about uh, what it is that we do and our challenges and what the opportunities are and so forth. Uh, the other podcast I do, All, All Roads Lead to Real Estate, stay on that side. That that side will suit you just fine. So on this very first episode of the Real Estate Edition, and I'm going to figure out a name one of these days to, to be appropriately, um, I guess, contain or um, package package thank you over here uh package this all up so i just get on here and i want to i want to stick to my schedule and do one of these every week so i just go with it guys and so uh the first i want to just go over who i am a little bit about my background my experiences and and if you are somewhere along this journey i think you're going to relate to some of this and you can kind of get an idea of the sensibilities and how i think and that might make the rest of this series all make a little bit more sense so you know, once again, my name is Matt Ryan. I was born and raised here in Howard County, Maryland. So it's about 20 minutes outside of of Baltimore. And so I grew up on a dairy farm. And so that's what we've been doing. I've a fifth generation dairy dairy farming family. And so had that experience growing up. A lot of a lot of hard work on the on the farm. And uh, I was a big nerd. So I was a student. And my you know I lost my father in when I was in fifth grade. And so my mother had a pretty strict household over there. And so I, she pretty much demanded straight A's, uh, which I gave her, and uh, perfect attendance. And so I, I basically fit that mold fifth grade or so all the way through college. So I, uh, that's kind of the type of personality you're dealing with. Never the smartest, but always the, the one that's going to outwork you. That was, my, uh, that was how I identified uh, myself. And so just leading into my college career, I did a little bit of everything. And so you'd help on the farm when I was younger. And then I started doing all kinds of jobs and I became an electrician, an electrical assistant, 
by the time I was entering college, and I did that during my um, college breaks. And it was a company called um, Royal Electric, actually, here in Sykesville, Maryland. And so shout out to them. Um, that's that's where I learned. Boy, I learned a lot about life in general, um, quite frankly. Uh, they called me the college boy. And so I got to go into these new homes, new construction, and I would help wire and, and basically drag the wire, do the monkey work. And I learned firsthand by looking and observing the people in the real estate community build these. And then I would see the the agents and the builders and I would overhear what they were describing. And it really struck me. It just, it just fascinated me in a way that nothing else ever had. So I immediately started looking for other opportunities in school and I ended up with Beezer Homes, a national home builder. And I did an internship for them for two years. And I was attending University of Delaware. And so I did an internship with them and uh, I was in their finance division. I was in their sales division. They kind of rotated me around as needed in uh, Bear, Delaware. And so I, they sold homes and I'd go to the different communities all the way through Bethany Beach and Rehoboth, all those communities that they're still, I think they're still building over there. Uh, they haven't completely saturated that market yet. And uh, and so I learned all about the ins and the outs of of what that that new construction side looked like. And that was a long time ago. Um, I'm showing my age here, but that was quite a long time ago, almost what, 15, 20 years ago. And so while I was going through that experience, it just, it just, just reiterated what I needed to do in my opinion. And, and that was going to be my mission until I realized what the market was doing. And everyone that I trusted at the time told me, don't you dare get into real estate yet. The market, this is market's crazy and it's going to bottom out and you'll be screwed. Like you're 21 years old. You need to go for the sure thing. And so I, I went after the sure thing in my mind. And so by my junior year going into senior year, I applied and, and had like, I don't know, like five or six, seven job offers. Um, you know, I was just crazy uh, trying to get different jobs. And so I was able to just select the, the sales gig. I always wanted to be in sales that would pay the most. And so I ended up doing pharmaceutical sales right out of college. And so I worked for Eli Lilly and had a territory in Maryland and I drove everywhere like crazy and got to know all the different counties and even the Eastern shore of Maryland. And I learned how to sell. And I, I very, very grateful for that experience. So if you're young and you haven't had outside experience prior to real estate, I would highly, highly encourage you to work for somebody else and to learn what all that feels and looks like rather than just jumping in and immediately working for yourself. That was my personal experience. I, boy, I'm, I am better for it, I believe. And so as a result of being in pharmaceutical sales, I did that for about six, seven years and I, I just learned a ton. And so they took me to different sales schools um, throughout the country and they would just always, you'd always be learning. You always had a, a trainer, you always had a district manager. And so I, I learned vocabulary I was never exposed to previously. So I did all, you know, and all their anxiolytics, antidepressants. I went to their men's health division, sold Cialis. Uh, I mean, Lily created Prozac. So I was in their Cymbalta division. Prozac is, was generic at that point. But it was a big learning experience and talked to physicians. I look relatively young. I'm almost 40. But by then, when I was in my early 20s, it looked like I was about 12. So that was very, very challenging for anyone to take me seriously. And so, and I still get that now, even though I feel like I'm hundred years old at certain days. I'm so sore today after that stupid Murph uh, for CrossFit, I can barely lift my arm. So that was not the case a few years ago, uh, but getting back on point here. So I, I learned so much through that experience that 
that it helped me become better at what I'm currently doing. And so when I was 21, before I started, I should have mentioned that, by the way, before I started for Eli Lilly, my district manager, um, his name was Michael, uh, decided before he would let me start, he required, it's the wildest and most loving, caring thing anyone's done for me. So hopefully he gets this feedback of how much I appreciate him for this. He made me get my real estate license prior to starting pharmaceutical sales because he knew that was the interest. He said, Matt, I know you would kill it in that field. If you ever want to do it, you should do it now before you get into this mess and you have a full-time job. So that's what I did the summer before I started. And I traveled Europe and I took my real estate uh, course and I got licensed. And that's now why I can say I've been in real estate forever. It's because I, I did it part-time while I was doing pharmaceutical sales. And I wasn't worth a lick because you don't know anything. Uh, at least I didn't when I was starting out. I didn't do it often enough to have any connections. I didn't know the contract worth a darn. I didn't know who to call for different things. I had a semi-mentor, if you will. I started with a company uh, that's long and foster, been around forever, and they assign you a mentor. Everybody takes half of everything, so I, you, every check you get like $5 by the time everyone has their hand out. But it it kind of helped. I don't think I knew much, and that's the, the challenging part. If you're part-time and you can't devote yourself entirely to this this occupation, um, I just wasn't, wasn't that great. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know is the truth. And so... You know, I did it part. I just knew I loved it. And I didn't want to ask family or friends to, to work with me because I didn't trust myself well enough. So I'd only help people that I kind of knew, like through through someone else. And so let's just say I didn't do a ton of sales. And uh, and I decided after my mother got sick when I was in my like 27 ish age, I decided to I'll be damned if I'm going to keep doing a pharmaceutical career that I have no passion about anymore at this point. Like I learned a lot, but I, I didn't want to sit in a waiting room any longer for an hour waiting for five seconds of a doctor's time. I can only take that gut punch so many repeated day after day after day. And so I was able to give that up and took a severance package when they had layoffs after one of our patents on one of the medications were, was about to go up. I took it and that was my exit to say this is my chance. So I left, I rolled and I, I went full time and I went with at the time a pretty small brokerage, uh, in Maryland. Um, and the company's name is Cummings and company. And so I was with them for years. There, there wasn't a ton of people at the time in the company. I think it was under a hundred people or so if my memory serves me well, but you know, Dave Cummings is, is, uh, the broker and owner and he's a, still is a great guy. And he, man, he's built that company up dramatically since, since I was there. And it's uh, it's just well managed. It's good people. It's it's a heck of a company. And so I learned quite a bit there. And I went full time, and I was commuting downtown, even though I lived all the way in Bel Air, which is like forty minutes away. I just wanted to get in the mix of things, and and I learned a lot more. And so as soon as I went full time, I I I just accelerated dramatically. And probably every year since then, um, pretty much, I've been up fifty to seventy percent every year. Um, I've been doubling some years. And so it's a lot easier to do when you're starting off and you have virtually no sales. That's really easy to say. I doubled my sales when you went from, you know, six to 12. That's pretty easy. But as you get up to 50, 60, 80, it's, that gets a lot more challenging to keep doubling. But regardless, it's a learning curve and the experience has, has been great. And I've, I've managed to, to meet a lot of people through that process. And, and so at that point, I, I did that for many years um, and loved it. And then I had an opportunity. I was you know, as you do, as you start to sell more, you get 
cold calls from different brokerages and and Keller Williams kept calling and kept calling and kept calling. I was getting hounded. And so some of the people that were calling, I just respected a lot. And they were at the next level in my mind at the time that that that's where I wanted to be. They were selling more. They had something called a team, a real estate team. I was like, what is that? I want to figure that out. And so I jumped primarily to learn. And so that's that's where I went. I went to Keller Williams um, a Legacy. They're located at the time in Pikesville. Now they're in Towson. But I went there and I took every single course they possibly could offer. I went multiple times to everything they had. I started, um, I already had coaches, but I went into what they call their MAPS coaching. And I've been doing that ever since. That's been another, what, six, seven years since I've been doing that. And it's it's just been um, a very enlightening um, to be in a company that is one of the leaders in training in the country. And um, and so I recommend whether you plug into KW or any other brokerage, it's just find ways to to learn and educate yourself because learning all these little tools and tricks, you might not use them every day, but boy, does it come in handy when when you figure out, oh, I know exactly what, what that calls for. I've heard stories. And so that's what I've been doing. I'm still with Keller Williams now. I've been here and I don't go to all the trainings like I used to uh, because I've gone to most of them, um, but I still plug in pretty frequently and I still go to all the national conventions and things. And, uh, and there's other brokerages now that are really, really compelling um, as well that do a very similar or similar enough variation of what KW has with a lot of training. So there's other brokerages to consider that I didn't really think about or weren't there when I first jumped. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of where I am. So I, I'm, I, you know, you learn and grow from it as, as you go. And, uh, it's been, it's been enlightening, I think, um, compared to coming from corporate America to work for yourself. It's a place where you quit a 40 hour job to work a 60 or 70 hour job, just not to have a boss. It's kind of the way it works. And the amount of money and amount of mistakes I've spent and had and dealt with and, it's, it's been a learning curve. And so my advice, if I were to have it any for someone that is starting out, it's to find where you can learn and grow the fastest and not be as focused on where am I going to earn the most amount of money in the next six to 12 months. That is definitely something I've, I've learned. It's who, who can I surround myself with? That's going to give me the most amount of time and energy, offer me the most amount of resources and how quickly can I learn? Because the more, you know, the more options will be available to you. And so that's just the best advice I can give anybody. And, you know, it, it depends on who you click with. And so, you know, I'm, I'm one of these folks that's funny. I have a podcast. I put myself out there, but I love doing it this way. It's a nice quiet studio. I'm not someone who typically is going to go out and socialize and go to 10 happy hours every week. There are plenty of realtors that do that. They're very successful um, in no small part because of that. It's just not my personality and it is just not something I've ever done. So maybe I'll get myself out there and I'll do that side of it at some point. But right now I'm just focused on continuing to build a business. And the beauty of real estate is it can be what you want it to be. Whether you choose to make this an obsession where you work 80 hours a week and this is it, this is your baby, or you're married to it, uh, you can do that and you can be successful that way. And if you choose to have a family or you choose to be into other activities, sports, hobbies, you can do that and make this kind of like your side hustle and do really, really well. So that's a very interesting aspect of real estate that that I still am you know I still love that about it whereas having a traditional boss boy I just I'm not I'm not a great employee in that sense I looked I probably spent as much time finding ways not to work 
than to work. So I, I, I would scheme and figure out how to avoid doing things I thought were either stupid or unnecessary. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and you have a traditional job, nine to five, you just think half of the things you do are unnecessary or repetitive or below your intelligence. It just, that's what I kept dealing. I was just like, this is so not me. And I was checking the box time after time when I, I just can't stand it. Um, it and so I, that kind of correlates to how I've now running my own business. If it's unnecessary, I don't do it. It just, I eliminate all the noise and I've just made it work for me. And I'm, I'm getting better at accepting who I am for who I am and not trying to change myself in the image of someone else. So as you get more successful, at least for me, I can speak for myself, I would look at others that were even more successful and I'd say, wow, like I am not as good as that person. Like there's no way I can be in their shadow. And it would make me feel bad. I felt lesser than. And I've mentioned on this podcast before, it's the reason I spend maybe 60 seconds a day tops on social media. It was years ago, I just gave it up because to me it was unhealthy. I was comparing myself to others and Keller Williams and along with a lot of other companies, they, they have sayings basically don't judge someone else's outside by your inside. And that spoke to me because I would see people, I thought they had it all together. My God, look at their numbers and their success and this and that, they have it all together and you get to know them. It's not like that at all. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to be transparent on this uh, podcast to basically say, like, there's no way I have it all together at all. So not that it, you might ever think I do, but you certainly know that that's not the case. Um, I'm just failing, uh, you know, more quickly. That's another way to put it. It's you learn, you learn to test things before you have every single answer and go for it. And this, this, literally what I'm doing right now, this for episode one of Realtor to Realtor talk is a is an example of that. It's an idea. I know the idea in it principle makes sense, but how it how it will look in three months compared to what it is today could be totally different. I just know to be authentic, to go at, the, at it with all of my heart and just figure it out and go with it. And so that's basically how I've been successful and I will fail at certain aspects of it and I will keep going and the person that typically does the best in a longer time horizon is the person that's willing to fail, willing to look stupid, willing to keep going and pick themselves up. And you're just not as afraid to fail. And um, I respect the hell out of people that go and live life that way. And they do so in a, in an intelligent way. So you don't just, you know, pick up, you know, a live firecracker before it goes off and say, Oh, that's weird. I just want to see what that felt like. That's not what I mean. It's like you do your research, but then you jump. Yeah, you know, it's just my my gut reaction is to study something indefinitely and never do anything. And so, you know, my first investment property, for example, I thought about it for three or four years. And then I finally bought my first one. And guess what? It was a disaster. But in that, that was after all that research because I didn't know what I didn't know until you became a property manager and figured it out. And you go, oh my Lord, why did no one tell me this? It, but now I know. It's like you start small and grow. And so as an agent, you start small. You start with a one or two clients to keep your budget manageable. You have enough savings to get you through the hard times, which could be quite long in the very beginning. And then you'll grow and grow. It's just, you gotta be willing to suck it up and do it. When other people quit, you keep going. And uh, we're in a challenging market now. So if I'm giving advice that was given to me back in 07, 06, that the market 
was wild and it's something's going to correct we don't know what maybe nothing no one knew exactly but there was a lot of scary things and they i was told not to jump and i often wonder as good as the experience was working for someone else if i had jumped earlier and made my mistakes even younger where would i be today um, my goal is not to work the hours i'm working now for the rest of my life i don't think it's sustainable it is definitely not healthy if i'm doing this at 60 i don't think that's going to be a place where I want to be. And uh, I want to be present for my kids. I have three little kids. So to me, that's more important. You know, my wife and my kids are more important to me than this business. Um, KW, once again, has a, has a saying, they say God, family, then business in that order. Um, I'm, I'm an atheist. So the whole God thing isn't quite me, but maybe the spiritual uh, self-healing uh, aspect could be, um, but certainly family is. And, and being authentic to yourself and knowing what makes you happy. So that's kind of basically where I am and how I think about what I do. And, and I have no, no zero desire to be the largest real estate agent, largest real estate team in the world. That's not for me. Could care less. You know, I, I want to be, I want to continue growing. I certainly don't want to stall out here, but because once you get to a certain level, you actually have to continue growing or you're going to like eventually implode. So you actually have to keep growing in order for this to be sustainable. So I'm still intending to grow. But I, you know, you'll talk to plenty of people that start to approach, you know, 100 million in plus sales and they want to take over the world and God bless them. That's great for them. Um, but I'm okay with that. And that took a maturity that I did not have really until just a year or two ago. And so I'm still a work in progress over here. But, you know, you have to be comfortable with what is okay for you and cheer people on alongside you, have no ill will towards others. That's another work in progress um, for me. But, that's a lifestyle and a mentality that is going to serve me better. And I think I've been more adjusted and happier as a person. And I, you know, I think that's, that's something that all of us can aspire to do. And I'll tell you this specific career, what continues to make me energized about it, I can earn a really great living and I know it well now. So I, I feel great when I am, I do consider myself an expert in this field and it feels great to be an expert in the field rather than the rookie that didn't know anything. And so to jump and do a completely different, you know, career at this point would feel crazy to me to start at zero again. Uh, and so that that aspect is very, uh, you know, feels feels great on the ego that I have. I certainly have one of those um, to to do that. But it's it's moreover the people you get to impact. And I had someone just last night. They've never heard my spiel. They don't know me from a hole in the wall. And I got to help them first time home buyer through that process and educate them in, in 30 minutes time, you know, they gave me a massive hug and just said like, thank God that I found you, Matt. And I, that like, that is the most warming thing you could ever hear. It wasn't money, but it felt better than that. And that, that's something I, I never ever got that in my last job, you know, pharmaceutical sales, I'm sure it happens. So if you're out there doing that career and you get folks that do that to you on a regular basis, amazing. Um, I didn't have that happen uh, previously, and it, maybe it wasn't, I didn't have the passion I have for what I do now. Maybe that was a reflection of that. But you get that from time to time when you love what you do, and that is really, um, that gets it going. And so that's kind of, from the passion or from the path that I have, it's like if I can connect with someone listening to this or watching this and and offer value over the coming weeks and months, years, whatever, uh, from experiences and I'm going to go into detail regarding very specific things because I think I'm generalizing quite frequently and that's okay, right? For the purposes of this initial podcast. But I think 
I like details. When I go to a seminar, I am so tired of hearing someone generalize for 45 minutes and everyone clap and walk away. I'm like, I learned nothing. And so my purpose is to have something in and package it in a way that you can actually learn from and take something from. And because that's how I want to, that's how I want to receive something. I want to be worth my time. And I prefer not to waste an hour of my time when you could have done it in 15 minutes. And so I'm going to try to take that approach towards this. And just with a caveat, I don't claim to know everything. In fact, everything I've learned, I've, I've literally learned from someone else. I have very few original ideas. Um, I'm not that creative. In fact, I'm very, very uncreative uh, in general. And so I just, I just think I pay attention to smart people. And, and I've had the privilege of being around a lot of very talented people. And, and I'm just keenly aware. Um, so Dick Cunningham is another uh, coach I had. He calls himself a cool kid. Granted, he's not a kid anymore. Uh, not even close, but uh, very young at heart. And uh, cool, he describes as a keen observer of life. K-O-O-L. And that is something, uh, it's one of the best compliments he ever gave of, to me. And he said, the first time he ever met me, he said, Matt, I know you're going to be successful. And I'm like, well, that's nice. I just assumed he was, you know, trying to make me feel good. And he said, no, I can tell in a classroom setting the, the people that are really paying attention, that are observing others, that are paying attention to details. Those are the folks that can do a job and make someone else feel heard and connect with someone more deeply because in real estate, that's all it is. The, it's way less about a house and way more about can someone trust you? Do they do they like you? And will they listen to you and, and heed your advice and want to work with you? Because if you can do that, you'll learn the side of the business. That's that the the you know the real estate side, the, the home side. That only takes six months or a year or two. It's it's not 20 years, trust me. And uh but the the hard part, and some people have it and some don't, it's how do you connect with somebody? And uh and that was a great compliment. I look for that now and and, you know, Dick Cunningham is one of the guys that taught me as well through that process. He went out of his way to recognize people and to give compliments and to share appreciation. And uh, that's another trick or it's not even a trick, but it's it's a way of conducting myself that I am purposefully trying to get better at because I'm not. I'm pretty self-absorbed and my phone is always ringing and I'm in my own little bubble. So in addition to getting myself out of the bubble, I'm going to actively look for opportunities to to um to recognize others that are doing good things and that that are going to do well so that's just basically all that i care to share at this point honestly about myself and the way i think um can you think of anything raul that i left out here well well you you didn't touch i mean you touched like how how you got in into real estate no and and your your path to to real estate but you didn't talk a little bit like uh, on the you becoming an investor yourself, no, uh, buying properties, buying, uh, and how did you develop that into a business? Right. Into your um, how you started to um, see that as a big investment, not only for you but for your kids and for their future. And, sure. And um, I, I don't know if that's that's perfect. Um, so we'll pick that up there. Yeah. That's why I had to ask him. I'm like, when you just <laughs> mumble on like this, I don't know if anyone else has done this. You never know. You don't know what you said five minutes ago. I, <laughs> I don't claim to be a professional at this. Uh, so that that's a good point. So I started back in when I was in my early 20s while I was doing pharmaceutical sales. I wanted to be an investor. So I've read all the books. I took all the courses. My most expensive course was twenty thousand dollars for three weeks. I took multiple courses that were five to ten thousand dollars each. 
I'm sure someone else can relate to that. They uh, they have their hands out and there are a lot of people willing to take your money to teach you something. And uh, and so I went and I learned about it. And that's when I when I finally got my first property, it was all designed for passive income. So as a real estate agent, that's a job. That's a J-O-B. Yes, I'm self-employed. However, it's a job. Very much so. I have a lot of bosses and it's every one of my buyers and sellers. They are my bosses. And uh, and so in an effort to not work every day for the rest of my life, I have no retirement plan that doesn't come with this gig of mine. So I, uh, I decided, uh, you know, I need to start investing in real estate. And so the beautiful part of real estate is there are so many tax advantages associated with real estate and owning it and renting it. There is depreciation. There is appreciation. You know, there's so much. There's no way I'm going to get to all of it on this introductory podcast. But I, I will, and I promise this, I will get into the granular details of what I look for, what all of it means, and try to say it in plain English in a way that I wish someone spoke to me at a much younger age and they didn't charge me thousands of dollars to do it because I just felt like I was their piggy bank uh, at times. So I got into real estate specifically for that. I started buying Section 8 properties, uh, or so I I was just told some people don't know what that is, but I bought properties with the intention to to rent them out to folks that had vouchers from the government that were in need of housing assistance. And that's a business model that you really, it's a whole separate entity. You have to understand the process and what, what the pros and cons are. And I just did a podcast, was it a week ago, two yep. weeks ago? Yeah, two uh, yeah, and, uh, and so check that out if you want to learn about it. The, I, the guy I interviewed has, what, 225, 250 of these in the state of Maryland. And he's an expert, a real expert, not not like me, because I did a bunch of them, and I had absolutely horrendous experiences with them. And it is something that, yes, I could have figured it out probably, but it, you, I did not have the time. I was very busy and still am in my J-O-B as a realtor. And so I just... I just did not have a great experience. So I rented rented them out. They were rented. I just had a million mistakes that I made. Fortunately, I didn't spend every dollar I saved and buy as many as I could right away because that would have made a potentially bigger issue. Instead, I only bought a few and I learned that way. And then eventually I could pivot into something else, you know, trying different things. And I started a totally different model that works there are literally hundreds of ways to invest in real estate there is not one guru that has it all figured out there are so many ways to do it and i just chose a way that was almost entirely passive and that is something i that you know i want long-term tenants and i want them with a very high credit score really good neighborhoods and i i have ratios minimum ratios that i look at to make that all work it makes a ton of sense because for me, it allows me the flexibility to not think about it. And so there are ways to maximize cash flow that are even beyond what I currently do. But I do not believe, it. at least I have never heard of anyone do a better job at combining the benefits of true passive cash flow the way that the little model that I've generated and created. And I only do it in areas where I am an expert. So the areas in which I invest in, I am an expert. I know exactly what they should rent for. I know all the contractors you'd ever want to know in every single field in that area. And I know all the agents that sell there. And I have opportunity to get things off market because I do lots of listing appointments. And it's an option that I offer to anyone 
that I that I do a listing appointment with is I will buy your home. And I still do it. I still offer it all the time. It's honestly, it's very rarely taken as the option because majority of the time I can get them significantly more than what I will be willing to offer on the open market. And I can market it. I can get it pretty for you. I can get contractors in there. I handle all of that as a listing agent. And that's what I was saying before as a part-time agent. There's no way I had any of those resources, knowledge to make that happen. Now it's such a different game. I know what everything should cost in a home. I've replaced virtually everything and anything you can possibly think of in a home a hundred times. So with that knowledge, I can be very useful to create a game plan and then execute it to get the most money for my seller. And majority of the time, I'm talking 98% of the time, that's what they want. And the other 2% I'll buy. And so every year I buy something. It might be a couple, last year I bought four. Some years you buy one. It's just, but that's how I, that's the way that I do it. And so it's truly passive and I keep adding them to the portfolio and it's been lovely. And for me, everyone has their own goal, but you need to set a goal that identifies how much passive income can you live on and not just live a meager life. I'm not retiring from this career, working these hours to live a meager basic life. I want to be able to work the rest of my life, but do whatever I want. And maybe that's volunteer. Maybe that's just totally give back or do the things I'm passionate about and never think about money. That's the, that's the goal. It's to have options. And I want options in my life. And so right now I'm still working like a dog in real estate to have earned income with the goal of my passive income being high enough to support any lifestyle I want. And that includes taking any trip I want when I want it, buy anything without thinking about the price, you know, within reason. I'm not getting a jet over here. Like that's not my goal. But, you know, we went to Disney World uh, last year and I booked a private tour guide the entire time I was there. And we did, We, I mean, it was like a, crazy trip. I never went to Disney World as a kid, but the trip I had with my family was amazing. And at no point did I think about the price of, of doing it. And that was an amazing feeling. And the first that like that, that's just an incredible experience, but I'm still working like a dog. So my goal is to have that type of feel without having to work like a dog every day. And so I'm about two thirds there. And so I anticipate being at a level that I could fully do whatever I want, probably within 10 years. And so at that point, you know, my youngest will be 12 and I could still be present and do whatever I want. And I'm probably still in the newsflash. I'm probably still going to be doing this exact thing on this silly podcast in this room. But at least I have the option and say every day that I do it, I chose to do it. And that's the choice that I want to have. And uh, and so teaching other people my version of real estate and how to look at properties and what makes sense to me. That brings me a lot of passion and I still, I do that way more than I ever used to. And I bring it up now during just a regular buy and sell with somebody that's buying a home for their family. I feel like a lot of people, and I don't know if you can relate to that, uh, you know, on your end, but a lot of people have the interest uh, to do it, but they have no knowledge. They don't know where to start. It sounds risky, yeah. right? But it, they know it works, right? Everyone's heard of real estate being a great investment, but you know, where do you begin and how do you not get screwed? Yeah, being afraid of asking questions and sounding dumb, I think, is the number one reason people don't start. No. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can sound scary. And guess what? You can lose money, but there are so many ways to protect yourself, to minimize the risk and to mitigate the exposure of, of the downside. And that's what takes experience. But you got to get in the game. You can't do it forever. And if you're willing to move into the home and live there for a year, I help people all the time start their real estate investment career with almost nothing out of pocket as long as you're willing to live in the home because you can be owner occupied and start that way. 
So you don't have to have a fortune. This doesn't have to be a full-time job. You can still keep whatever career you're in and earn your living and keep, you know, help your family. But there are other ways to do it. And if that's not an option, you're not moving for any reason. There are other ways to do it through grants. You know, you can find a great deal and partner with someone else that has the funds and you just do the research and you figure it out and make sense. I'm willing to do it. I know lots of people that are investors that if you find a great deal for them, they will absolutely cut you in on it. And then you'll learn from them because they're not going to lose money. They know what they're doing. And so you can tag along with them. Um, I wish I had done that, quite frankly, earlier. I did it all on my own, thinking I'll figure this out. I've read the books, right? I've taken the courses. And uh, and boy, that was probably a mistake too. And so now I think I give away, I could probably package what I do. I give it all away to every one of my clients as part of just working with me. And I make a few bucks by, you know, helping you buy the home. That's it. There's no, there's no other cost. And as a buyer, you don't even pay the agent directly. It's the seller. So it's a, it's a whole course basically you get that way. And, uh, it's just takes a lot of time to teach somebody. And then you have to give them, I, I'm a man of my word. So you got to give them all your resources along with that. And so, I mean, that's basically what I did. So I've been doing that, like I said, since I've started in real estate. So I started in that end and realized why not do it on the retail side and help other people buy and sell. And, uh, and that's basically, that's basically my journey. But thanks for reminding me to include all of that yeah. because I, I talk about it quite a bit and, uh, and I, I just say, you know, who was another speaker of mine that, that told me it might've been Gary Keller himself that said it, it drives him nuts that, that he'll listen to, you know, people tell me every detail or tell him every detail about a handbag or a phone. They know how much it costs. They know exactly what the feature set are. They could analyze it to the end of the day and know all the details, but if they drive by, uh, you know, a piece of real estate that has a for sale sign in it, they couldn't tell you anything about the cap rate, anything about is a good, that a good sound investment. They're completely clueless. And he said, we as, as Americans are sometimes focused on materialistic, right? Or details that aren't ever going to help add any value to our life or to those that we care about. And another thing Gary Keller has always preached, he's like, for those of us that take the time and energy and desire to learn, it's actually your responsibility to make as much money as you possibly can for those in your life that are, n are not in a position for whatever reason to do it. Uh, and that that really is starting to hit home. So whatever your goal was, it's my own goal. Like I tell you in 10 years, I should be able to choose whatever I do. By then I probably would have accumulated enough that it's almost selfish to stop at that point. I could work for a few more years and generate enough that I could then support others in my world uh, and give back in more meaningful ways than I could ever do if I stopped and lived a smaller life. And that's a very interesting way to think about it is once you develop these skills and this knowledge base, you, you got to start looking beyond yourself and the opportunity you have to make a real impact with others and with your family, friends, loved ones, whoever, it it's dramatically larger. And so that that has start to that started to sink in with me more. It sounds just like talk when you're beginning. It's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, I'll get to that. And then once you start getting further down that path, you start realizing, wow. And I think that's the last couple of years, like helping more and more folks build investment portfolios. I'm like, wow, I'm actually I'm changing some of these families' trajectories because of the knowledge and wealth that they're starting to build. And it's not sexy. It's not like this is anything magical, but you can implement it. And it will change the course of the rest of your life. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible. So that's it. I, I'm trying not to keep this too long, um, 
But that's basically who I am, how I think. You heard me, you know, go on and on for 40 minutes here. So hopefully you stuck around for the whole thing, but just know that this is going to be more geared to a professional. Hopefully I gave you enough background as to who I am. Um, and, and, you know, if you're curious, if you're in the business, if you wanted to know where I work or my volume or my stats, it's all on, on, on there. I know you can pull me up, but, uh, you know, I'm, you know, that's basically all I have to say about the matter. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good start. It's a the... good start, folks. You know, what do they say? Uh, make the first day to McDonald's so you set the bar nice and low so you only have somewhere to go higher. So that's what I'm trying to do, folks. You got to listen to the worst podcast first and it gets better. It only gets better, folks. There's only one direction it can go. But that's it. All right, I'll, I'll do the next one uh, coming up next uh, next week and we will uh, we'll have some actual specific content. Um, I'm just going to go right into it. No blibber blabber about Matt Ryan next time. <laughs> <laughs>